This is Darren Davis, founder and senior leader of the Harbor Church in South Florida, and you are listening to the Harbor Church Podcast. For more information about this podcast and others, visit us online at harborchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning, guys. It's, it's already been so good, and I hope to get even through my notes because, guys, I want to tell you something. Like, I was in tears. Like, I was in, like, ugly tears. Kim, I'm so sorry if you heard me just literally yell crying in the front um, because I'm just, I'm just in awe of how much God loves you. And, and it, just, it just moved me. And one of the things that, that I don't know if, if the band planned for this, but man, one of the choruses that Kenyel was singing was just the word wholeness and fullness. And before we even start with anything, man, like I was, I was just in tears. I was just crying on the front row, just thinking about those who are fighting and striving for wholeness. I just want to tell you that it's found in Jesus, and it's there for you starting this morning. You don't have to do anything. Oh, man, I was feeling that this morning, and I was just in tears, and I don't know why. If it's because my wife is pregnant, and I hear that during pregnancy, men's testosterone lowers, I don't know. But I was crying like a baby up here, just thinking about the fact that God knows you, and God loves you, and there's something that he wants you to know about this morning. And there's no mistake that you are here this morning, whether it's your first time, your hundredth time, hopefully not your last time. But I'm really, really glad you, you guys are here and there's a, there's a word that I want to share with you guys. I'll, I'll get this set up real quick. We're going to be bouncing around a few places um, in the book of Mark and Luke and John, because why not hit at least three out of the five Gospels? Um, but what I want to tell you guys before we start is I am moved. I am moved by the heart of the Father for this house. Oh, I'm just I'm just in shock of his goodness over this house. And I'm telling you, it moves me to tears because I want you to go with what is happening here. Like there is something happening, not just for the house, but for you individually. He can name you by name and tell you what is on your heart. And man, I was like in tears for this house. And I'm just so thankful. And there's like 95 pregnant women in this house too. So we're about to double in size. So mark your chair. Probably won't be there next year, but... But um, let's pray and we'll get started. Lord, help me, God. <laughs> help me, Jesus, through this message that I just don't say anything stupid or dumb. But, <laughs> but we also, we just say thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house. May we just partner with you. Let these words just be directly from you. And we just pray, Lord, that all the things that are going on in our minds right now, as we are saying, we just pray no fear, no shame. We just leave that at the door. We just give that to you just to trade for sonship, for adoption. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, man, amen. Let's all just say amen. Let's get started. Can we get a good morning, everybody? There you go. All right. All right, so... Welcome to what we're really calling the first week of summer. I know some of our teachers are still working. We are going to pray for you. You can make it. Um, but we're, we have ended the known series. How many of you guys were blessed by the known series? Just learning more about who the Father is and who you, we are in Him. So we're ending the known series. We're going into something. Uh, I'm trying to coin this word. I'm trying to trademark it. I Googled it. No one else has it. The word is, don't laugh at me, it's serve-illusion. So everybody say, serve-illusion. All right, perfect. All right, it's not as dumb as I thought it was. It sounds kind of cool, so we're going to keep it. 
But what we're going to talk about in this next series is all about what it means to serve. What is the word serve? Now, I can already see people's faces here. I'm just going to go ahead and clear this up. I will not be asking you to serve on the kids' team today. Okay, so everybody take a deep breath. I'm not going to ask you to serve. That's what emails are for. So uh, I will be emailing you to serve on the kids' team. But here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be focusing the entire summer on the word serve. I want to introduce a few points today that we're going to expound on throughout the whole summer that I'm really, really excited about. This is, this is the topic that I'm really, really, really passionate about because the enemy loves to confuse this a lot. We get, because I, I could already see it, I, I won't lie to you, I'm up here, I'm looking at some of your guys' faces. The, the dirtiest words to say in church is money, people start to just, and then serve. So I didn't want to go for the big one, we're going to leave that one for Darren. Yeah, I'll hit, the, I'll hit number two for now. So we're going to talk about this over the summer, guys. And, and I want to actually, I want to stop here and just, just honor Darren and Wendy who are out of town right now. They are running all over Europe right now on different ministry trips, connecting with our missionaries out there, doing amazing work. It's like what, like 100 hours ahead over there. It's like 12 time zones forward. And he's like emailing us and texting us like during our normal work hours, which is Lord knows what time for him. But but we just honor them and everything that they're doing just, just to connect with those partners that we have out there. So what we're going to do today is this. I want to talk about the difference. Well, I'll word it this way. I want to talk to you guys about what is the root what is the root of serving? Why do we do it and how do we do it? And I want to read this to you, and it's, it's a little long, but let me read it. It's, it's, I want to teach you guys the essential knowledge as believers to properly serve the body in the world. A lot of the things that we're going to talk about during the summer, but especially today, is going to relate outside of serving and outside of the church. These are principles that we need to be bringing into our work into our school, and especially into our families. So here's what we're going to do, guys. Let's get started, and I want to introduce to you guys how important serving is to the Father. So turn with me. The first passage we're going to just jump in real quick is actually Mark 10, 42 through 45. So let me give everybody a second to get there. Mark 10, 42 through 45. Let me hear those pages turning for those that have the word. Karen, thank you. Awesome. All right. If you're there, say I'm there. All right. If you need a second, tell me you need a second. Anybody? Okay, I've got a hand raised. All right. So here's what Mark 10, 42 through 45 says. He says, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. And this is the most important thing I want to point out here. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the first thing I want to point out is that serving is on the heart of Jesus. Okay, that's the most fundamental thing we need to know is that even theologically speaking, serving is on the heart of Jesus. However, like I said, the reason I'm passionate about this is because the, the enemy likes to get in here and confuse it and make it all religious and all kind of kooky and crazy. And before you know it, we're, we don't know what it means or why we're doing what we're doing. And I'll show you right here. Let's turn really quickly. It'll be on the screen. Matthew 23, 11 through 12. Let me get there real quick. Matthew 23, 11 through 12. 
Oh, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Twenty. No, no, no. Let's jump to twenty-five, verse thirty-five through forty. Sorry, guys. Twenty-five, thirty-five through forty. Let me find it real quick. Is it on? Let me read it on the screen here. For even this, wait, where are we? For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Let's keep going. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, wait, hold on. When did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty or give you drink? And we'll end here. And when did we see you at a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you. Let's finish it here. One more. And when did we see you sick or in prison or visit you? I, I want to pause there and say this. Even, even those that were listening to Jesus were confused. Here we have Jesus saying, this is exactly literally when you, when you serve me. He is defining to these guys when they served and even they were confused. So what I want to tell you guys is that it's okay. It's all good. If there is something in your heart that you're like, man, I don't necessarily understand where I'm supposed to serve or what I'm supposed to do, you are in great company. (laughs) You're okay. Everyone say, I'm okay. I'm good. So what I want to do now is move on to two different, what I'm going to call paths of serving, and this is huge. And I'm going to give away my big idea. The big idea in today is this, is that serving must start with sonship. Serving must start with sonship. So what is sonship? Guys, we've been talking about it all morning. It's the act of knowing that you have been adopted as a son or daughter in the house of the Lord. Last week, uh, one of the things I said was, was during Pentecost, the biggest moment was for the, the, uh, the disciples to realize that something had changed, that something was different, right? This is the moment that we need to realize that something has to be different because the opposite of sonship and adoption is orphanhood. And what I want to warn you against, because I love you and I care about you, and I want to protect you from what the enemy wants to do with serving, is to tell you guys that serving from a place of orphanhood is so dangerous. It is so, 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 so dangerous. So what I want to do is this. I want to point to you a few places where serving from a place of orphanhood may end up in. I don't want anybody to feel any type of shame, any type of fear, any type of condemnation that is not from the Lord to to feel this morning. This is for you to feel freedom from a place that the enemy might have something on your life. And that's not good. And I will not, I'm going to follow you right now. I will not let you leave this place. Feeling the same way if you feel stuck, if the enemy's got any type of hold on your knowledge of what it means to serve the Lord, not just obviously in church or in your work, but mostly in your family and also just in your personal walk with the Lord. So as you guys can see, I want to see freedom in this area because it's so important. There, I forgot what song it is, but it just the, the bridge just goes, can you imagine what the Lord can do with all of the faith in the room? Can you imagine if all of us had that freedom? We're, we're just totally unlocked to walk with the Father in this. I want to protect you guys from three things, okay, when it comes to serving, not from a place of orphanhood, but from a place of sonship. But if we start from orphanhood, we will end up in striving and self-worship. Guys, I'm going to read some passages in Matthew 23 that honestly, w- w- like, keeps me up at night because these are these are a little scary here. What I want to read to you guys is Matthew 23, verses five through seven. First, let me start there. 
Matthew 25, or sorry, 23, 5 through 7. Matthew 23, 5 through 7 says this. They do all their works to be seen by others. For they make their, and I believe this word says, phylacteries. Anybody teach English and can can confirm that? English is not my first language, so I'm going to go with that. You guys know what it is. Broad and their fringes long, and they love the place of honor at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues and greeting in the marketplaces and being called rabbi by others. So these are the, the this is the first thing that I want to protect you guys from because it is nasty business to serve from a place that is serving yourself. Okay, I want to actually lead to Genesis one through three. What happens there? The first thing that we see the enemy do is insert a lie and confuse. The identity that we had just received. We had just received. Hey, you are made in the image of God. Here's your entire garden. And the first thing that we see the enemy do is come right on in, lie, and lie about what? Self-worship. So it's the first lie. It's literally the first lie that we see the enemy tell us is, hey, you can just serve yourself. Why would you want to serve an invisible God that he, hey, you know what, he's probably not even God, and surely you're going to die? Probably not true. So we're going to start here, guys. We're going to start our battle against this by knowing that, hey, it has nothing to do with serving ourselves. We just saw in Mark 10, Jesus himself didn't even come to serve, uh, or sorry, to be served, but to serve others. So we have to start there, knowing that that's the first place that the enemy is going to confuse. Let's jump down to uh, same uh, passage 23, verses 11 through 12. This is super big. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled. That's super scary. If, if that doesn't like keep you up at night and want to like make you walk closely to the Lord, I don't know what will. But again, verse 11, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. There you see that backwards kingdom of Jesus. So I want to make sure, guys, that we understand that if we are serving from a place of striving or serving from a place of self-worship, here's where it's going to end up. You're going to be burnt out. There's going to be so much confusion. And then the magic word, deconstruction. We're just going to just go there. We're going to end up and we're going to post on social media some new thing that we find. And we're going to want to take our friends with us. We got to correct out as a church. We got we to understand, guys, that, that we are here to build, again, the kingdom of Jesus. We say this all the time, that we are not a church with a mission, but there's a mission that has a church. And that's why we're here. So we have to first know what is the mission. We have to understand that even Jesus himself said that I did not come here to be served, but to serve. So what is serving? Low. Looks like humble. It looks like building the kingdom of Jesus and not for ourselves. So what does this look like? Here's a scary word. Ultimately, isn't that idolatry? Isn't that like ultimately like building up for ourselves instead of putting Jesus in front? And here's, here's where this leads to. Let's go uh, to the beginning of Matthew 23. And I want to tell you this. Uh, Matthew 23, verses 1 through 4. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat, so practice and observe whatever they tell you, but not what they do. For they preach, but do not practice what they preach. Wow. Okay. The next thing that I want to talk to you guys about, because if we start with orphanhood, it's going to lead to striving. It's going to lead to us trying to build and build our own kingdom. And before you know it, we find ourselves here with the word hypocrisy. 
And we see it right here, the first warning in Matthew 23 in Jesus' own words. Hey, I get it. They're going to look really, really good. They're going to look awesome. They're going to sit at the seat of Moses. They're going to be pastors and preachers and leaders. Listen to what they're saying because they might be preaching truth, but don't do what they're doing. Guys, I don't know about you, but I do not want to be told that. I don't want to be a warning to other people. Do you imagine if the Lord was like, hey, look at Juan. Okay, he's reading the word, but literally don't do anything that he does. Lock me up. Don't, don't give me a microphone Like if that ever happens, okay? Like, I do not want to be on the other side of that coin. Jesus saying, hey, listen to what he's saying. Just don't do what he's doing. Ah, listen, healthy fear. Let's go with healthy fear. Healthy fear is good, okay? There's no condemnation. But I want you guys to know that Jesus is trying to keep you away from something. And we find it here, and he's passionate about it. And so am I. I'm going to start preaching in Spanish, too. So I want to continue here in hypocrisy 23. Again, still Matthew 23. You guys with me? Everybody good? Sweet. Uh, let's go to verse 13. But woe to you anytime you see the word woe. Something bad's coming, okay? Uh, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut the kingdom of heaven in people's face, for you neither, and this is huge, we're going to spend some time here, you neither enter yourselves nor allow those who would go in. Guys, this is huge. This is the warning of all warnings. What is the great commission to go, to spread the gospel, to bring people to Jesus? And here, what we are being warned against is the exact opposite for you neither entered into you, entered yourself and what he's talking about there in context is the kingdom of God. So he's saying you neither entered yourself. And then what's the worst part? Nor allowed those who would enter to go in. So now here's where we're at. Here's the message. We've already started off in a place of orphanhood not knowing our identity in Christ. We start striving, maybe building our own kingdom. Everybody say followers on Instagram. But now, not only have we not experienced what the Lord has for us, now we're getting in the way of what God has for other people. That is the most opposite thing that we as believers should be doing, right? We should be bringing people not just to Christ, but to their freedom and their identity in Christ. So here we find ourselves, again, knowing that serving from a place of orphanhood could lead to somebody not experiencing what the Lord has for them. Yikes, dude. That's like not fun to hear. Again, if it starts with, but woe, let's read it twice. You know what I mean? But here's, here's, here's where I really want to land, guys. This one's a little bit, uh, a little bit intense. Am I intense this morning? You guys good? I feel like I'm, I don't want to yell at you, but intensity is kind of good sometimes. You know what I mean? Grace gave me an okay. I want to land with this this verse because this one this one really really upsets me. Here's my biggest fear. John eight. Who's read John eight before? You guys know what John eight? John eight. It's a wonderful passage. It's super duper long. So give yourself some time, and it gets in your business. So have some tissues. But here's what happens in John 8. We hear about Jesus himself introducing the fact that there are two fathers. He as one, and then the enemy, the devil, as the next one. And I won't, I won't, maybe we'll get to it later, but here's what happens in this verse. Jesus describes why the Pharisees could not understand the words of Jesus. And Jesus says, well, it's because you guys have a different father. My children know my voice. And my children know what I'm saying and what I'm preaching. You guys are confused 
because, I'm going to word it this way, you are orphans. So here, right there in John 8, we see, I won't read it because it's pretty long, but we see the result of striving. We see the Pharisees striving, trying to build a name for themselves. And guys, the result of that is Jesus saying, you're not my, you're not my children yet. That's why you don't understand my words. It's because you're over here trying to build a kingdom for yourself. You're not entering into my kingdom. And the worst part is that you're getting in the way for your neighbor. So your neighbor's not even getting into the kingdom of God. So as you can see, guys, like I said, Mark 10. Jesus introduces the fact that we are here to serve. We're here to be low. We're here to be humble. And we're here to enter into the kingdom of the Father and bring people with us. But starting from a place of orphanhood, not knowing who we are, it's going to lead to a place where we are striving where we are building for ourselves a kingdom and ultimately, wow, potentially hearing that, hey, you don't know my voice. And I want to go here, Matthew 7, verse 21. I don't like this verse. I'm going to read it, though. Uh, This is Matthew 7, verse 21, and we'll go till I think, 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven. On that day, oh, I don't like this. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Guys, my biggest fear, and I say this all the time. I say this all the time. I do not want to get to heaven and say, Lord, look at all the awesome things that I did. And to hear the Lord say, those are beautiful things. I never asked you to do those. I will will freak out thinking about that too much. The reason I'm bringing this up, guys, is because ultimately, if we do not start from a place of knowing who we are, we're going to end up striving to the point of disobedience. Are you guys with me? Do, do you guys understand, like, like, sometimes, like, Savannah and I will look at each other on weeks that, like, everything's on fire, right? Where you're like, maybe Taco Bell isn't even that bad at midnight. Maybe that's why they're still open that late. But we'll look at each other, and, and we'll pause, and we'll say... Oh, can we just make sure that we're even supposed to be doing this in the first place? Like, what if we're just striving and we're tired and we're exhausted because we're building up something that we're, we think we're supposed to be doing, when in, in reality, we might be hearing the Father say, that's disobedience. I want to preach this message to you to free you from the things that the enemy is going to confuse and try to get you to think you have to do. Because, guys, we're living in a world that we need to activate as a church right now. As in today, after this message, don't leave yet. All right, good. This is the moment. This is the world that we live in. And for such a time as this, we're hearing a message on what it means to properly serve God. And again, this is not just in the church. This is not just serving in kids' ministry, although you should, three times a month. This is way more than that. This is what it looks like to serve your family. What does it look like to serve your spouse, your children, your workplace? 
This goes way, 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 way bigger. And my goal in this is to teach the essentials on what it looks like to walk with Jesus. Because what does it look like to walk with Jesus? To be low, to be servants of all. But if you are a servant and you are low and you do not know that a low posture is the highest posture you can have, the enemy is going to tell you that that's your worth. That down there on the ground where Jesus says, hey, if you are on your knees, you are at the highest level you can be. But the enemy is going to say, you're on your knees because you couldn't get that job. You're on your knees because you can't afford the lifestyle you want. You're on your knees because you didn't go to that school. You're on your knees because your parents got divorced. You're on your knees because you're not good enough. Insert comparison. So now we're like double in the depths of of nowhere where we're supposed to be. And the reason I'm sharing this is because you need to be free. We got to be free. And Jesus offers that. Oh, I'm going to lose my voice. Guys, I really care about you. And God cares about you. God loves you. And the one, the one thing, the one thing that he wants is you. Is you. I want to share this with you guys. Let's switch over to sonship. What does it look like to serve from a place of sonship? Of knowing who we are. Of saying, no, no. Like in John 8, it says, there are two fathers. Well, I don't even want to look at the other father. I just want one. I want to walk with you because the other guy is scary. It makes me work for nothing. And tells me that although I'm on my knees serving, he says that the low that you're on, that Jesus calls high, is your value. And you'll never get up. That is not a fun place to be in. When it starts from sonship, you have enough to give from overflow. When you are walking in authority of sonship, you have enough. Everybody say enough. Imagine a life wherever you feel that there's a gap. Imagine if you just had enough. You just had enough hours of sleep. We had enough money. All the parents said, come on. If you had enough time in the day, enough, right? Well, here's a better word than enough is content. Wow, I find myself content. When you find yourself content, wow, you get from a place of overflow. And that's real freedom. That is real, real, real freedom. Yeah, that's really good. When, when, you, when you have enough, you can give away. That's really beautiful. You cannot give away what you don't have. You will only end up in spiritual debt, which that feels kind of like comparison. You start to think, well, I don't have that. And then you start to look at people that you think do. And let's get free from that. One of our friends in Nashville, I'm going to call him Pastor Ben Abernathy, if you're watching this. He said this, if you're not ministering in the secret place, you don't have any business ministering in the public place. I'm going to read that again. If you're not ministering in the secret place, you don't have any business ministering in the public place. That statement is profound. That will save your life. That right there will save your marriage. That will save your job. That will save your children. If you're not hitting your knees, and if you're not understanding that low and humble is exactly where the Lord wants you, because that's where he'll meet you. Start there. Here's where I want to end. I want to tell you guys just about a story as we wrap up in these next five minutes. Then I want to actually invite you guys to just spend some time in prayer and in worship with us. I want to end with this story because it's beautiful. 
This is 2 Solomon. I'm not going to read. I'm just going to tell you the story. It's profound. You find in 2 Samuel, David. And he's saying, look at my temple. Look where I'm sleeping. I'm sleeping in this majestic building. And there's the ark outside. You'll have to read 2 Samuel for context. We don't have time to go there. But long story short, he's saying, well, look what I built for myself. And, and here we are. We, we, we have the, what's technically the presence of God just outside. But I'm, I find myself here. So David in compassion in a healthy place actually says, Lord, what I want to do is I want to build for you with a temple, like the temple. Right? Like I want to build for you this majestic place for your presence to be in forever. So let's paint that picture. David sees a need. David wants to serve that need. Later that night, Nathan, through a dream, encounters God, and God tells Nathan to tell David, I don't need you to build me a temple. I don't. And get this, pay attention, please. Lock lock with me here. Here's what he says. David, you are not going to build the temple. Your son Solomon will. Your son Solomon will. And here's the moral of this story. David goes on to hear from God the promises, not just over his life, but over his lineage, over his children. So here's what God is doing in this passage. He cares more about a relationship between a father and a son and a lineage than anything David could have done for God. God says, David, I don't need you to do anything. I just want you. And in fact, through you, I'm going to bless your entire lineage. Your son will be great. Your son will complete the goals that are in your life. And David's response is is profound. David, the rest of the passage in 2 Samuel, goes on to praise the Lord. He goes on to say, Lord, you are majestic. Your ways are so much better than mine. In today's world, if we hear God say, I don't want you to do that. I know that's the desire of your heart. How many of us have found ourselves disappointed? uncontempt and worried about our future. When we say, Lord, that's my dream, the Lord says, well, listen, I care more about you and I. And then we pout and we're like, why? Because when we start from a place of orphanhood, we end up in disobedience. That's why. So what's the challenge for today? What, what, where, where do we, what do we learn? What are we talking about here? God cares more about you than what you do. God cares more about family than function. This goes beyond, again, beyond serving for a church. It goes way bigger than that. And it goes all the way down to the root of this. I know that there are passions in your heart that you might find yourself striving towards. And you might find yourself in that moment of of David saying, but I want to do this and I can do this, Lord. I have what it takes. And a lot of times we find ourselves here and the reason why I want to share this is because I love you and I want to free everybody up here in the name of Jesus. If you find yourself there, look at this passage where Jesus, where God the Father cares more about your family, your connections with others, your lineage. He cares more about you than anything you could ever do for him. And here's my prayer for today. Here's my prayer. And I want you guys, just as we close, if you guys, if I can have everybody on their feet right now. 
because I just, I just want to pray over you. I want to let the worship team just sing over you just for just a few minutes, guys. We're going to dismiss in a little bit to get your kids. But this space is going to stay open for you to encounter Holy Spirit, to hear what he's saying in your life and in your season. And here's my challenge for you. If you have found yourself in any of the spaces that we have talked about today, serving from a place of orphanhood, serving from a place of striving, of trying to build your kingdom, or trying to establish what you know is on your heart. I want to let you know God knows what's on your heart. He just cares more about your heart than what's written on it. And that's really important for us to know today. So I want to pray as the band plays. I'm going to exit the stage in just a few minutes. We'll dismiss for kids. Thank the workers in there. They're amazing. But this place is going to stay open for you to just communicate, to commune with the Father and to hear his truth over your life. Lord, we love you. We we innocently want to serve you, and that's why this whole topic of walking with you is so confusing because all the enemy wants to do is confuse it, to call it something different, to make us strive, to make us work in the flesh instead of the spirit. And today as a church body and as individuals, we together say, enough, enough devil we do not listen to you we have a different father we are his children and you have no say here in the name of jesus you have no authority here we bring light to all the dark places that we may have been striving we may have been building a temple for ourselves and we just say jesus this is all for you my workplace is for you my marriage is for you my children are for you god my time in the morning my time at night is for you there is wholeness for those that are striving, for those that feel that their dreams are not taking off, he cares more about your heart than what's written on it. He knows what's written on it. But we got to know who we are, who we belong to. Before we start any type of serving, we have to start with sonship. I want to read this one last time. If you're not ministering in the secret place, which is right now, this can be the secret place. You don't have any business ministry in the public place. That Do not take that as condemnation. Take that actually as freedom. Hey, you don't have to do anything. There's nothing you have to do. It takes nothing. It takes nothing in the kingdom of the Father. It takes nothing. There's nothing you are missing. There's nothing that you do not have. There is no gap that the Lord will not fill. There's wholeness in Jesus' name. And the enemy's trying to fill it with, insert whatever, insert any type of sin, uh, insert any type of numbness, insert any type of entertainment, anything else that's purely, honestly, straight up idolatry, we just break in the name of Jesus. I want you guys to stay for a little longer until you experience, maybe for the first time in a long time, what it feels like to be free of the grasps of this world and to truly walk in a place that God wants us to walk. We love you, Jesus. We just pray right now in your name that you just encounter us, you encounter us with freedom. We thank you, Father, for everything that you're doing. We just align with you as your children. Thank you, Father. Guys, we are going to officially dismiss. If you guys have children, go ahead and grab them, but this place is still open for you guys to continue being with the Lord. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Church Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harbor Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.